This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, July 9th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. And here's how we're making you smarter this morning. TikTok becomes the latest punching bag against China. And as coronavirus cases hit new records in some states, it's chaos over schools reopening next month. First, Facebook under fire is today's one big thing. This week, Facebook failed its own civil rights audit. The social network has been used as a platform for mass spread of misinformation, leading to voter suppression, harassment against minority groups, and encouraging violence. The report concluded Facebook's inaction led to, I'm going to read a direct quote here, a significant setback in civil rights. Ina Fried is the chief technology correspondent at Axios. Once again, Facebook just sees the world so much differently than its critics. To me, it's less about what the audit found and how differently Facebook and its critics view that same data. Facebook sees it as a problem that they've made a lot of progress on and just need to keep working at, and its critics see a system that's still fundamentally broken. Critics look at Facebook as a platform for voter suppression, for hate speech, for algorithmic bias, for discrimination. And Facebook sees a mostly good thing with a few problems. So what do the critics want Facebook to do? There's a bunch of steps. Having more diverse people involved, so everything from, you know, a chief diversity officer, more diverse leadership, more diverse teams building the products, and that's a familiar criticism of big tech. But they also want to see Facebook much more proactive. When it comes to hate speech, and in particular hate speech from politicians, they're super slow, and their policies make it very tough to take action, particularly when it is elected officials that are the ones disseminating hate. They consistently don't want to be the arbiter of truth, but fundamentally they created the platform. And if it's the platform that is causing these harms, they're the ones in charge of that platform. I wonder if you can put this in context for us, like as we're looking at these next few months leading up to our next presidential election, what are you watching for here? The reason this matters so much is how influential Facebook is in our collective discussion. And if Facebook wasn't as important as it was, you wouldn't see this much discussion. And I think what's being missed to some degree is this is actually only going to increase in a world where more and more of us are sheltering in place. I think a case could be made that arguably Facebook and other digital platforms are even more important in the 2020 election than they were in 2016. Ina Fried is the chief technology correspondent for Axios. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the latest in the battle over schools reopening. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. 
From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. There's so much anxiety and uncertainty about where we're going with K-12 schools. And it's a decision that needed to happen yesterday because most schools start next month. President Trump has been very clear with a message he wants schools to be open. So we're very much going to put pressure on uh, governors and everybody else to open the schools. It's very important for our country. It's very important for the well-being of the student and the parents. There's not really a disagreement, though, about whether or not kids should go back to school. The disagreement is how to do it safely. Caitlin Owens is a healthcare reporter at Axios, and she's been watching the chaos from the federal government and weighing that against what public health experts are telling her. The safest way to reopen schools is to make sure that the virus isn't spreading rampantly in the community. If you only have a handful of cases, it's just unlikely that anyone is going to be spreading the virus, including children. That's just not the situation that we're seeing here in America. It's just kind of this weird mismatch between not taking the steps that would be needed to reduce this community spread while also trying to fully reopen schools. Public health experts do have a good idea of how to minimize risk when opening schools. And the CDC has issued suggestions for how schools can hold in-person classes. So things like wearing masks and social distancing, you know, keeping kids six feet apart. Also, building barriers, having kids bring their own lunches, closing communal spaces, making sure windows are open. So what we heard yesterday from the administration is they do not want CDC guidelines to be used as an excuse by schools not to reopen. If schools can't comply with them, they're expected to reopen anyways. So I think that's part of the reason why even some teachers and school districts and politicians were pushing back against the CDC guidelines saying, hey, we don't have the resources to implement these kinds of things at our school districts. So these are good ideas, but in reality, they're challenging to accomplish. Everyone's talking about how we can reopen schools, but the problem is there are so many things we don't yet know about the virus. We don't know what role kids play in the spread of the coronavirus. Kids are just notorious for being sick and spreading it to their families. We don't know if that would happen with the coronavirus, but if it does, that could just turn schools into the ideal place for the virus to spread from family to family, no matter what other social distancing those family members are doing. The big picture is that millions of parents, teachers, and kids are unsure about what's going to happen with schools opening, and the clock is ticking. But whether and how schools reopen is a decision that affects all of us, because it matters for our economy and our health. Caitlin Owens writes our Daily Vitals newsletter. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into the conversations we have in our newsroom. Mike Allen is one of our co-founders. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Nyla. Mike, are you a big TikTok user? Dancing Mikey. Millions of views. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, <laughs> but Mike, you're actually here to talk about something that's kind of serious, and it's actually TikTok caught in the middle of U.S. and China relations right now. Yeah, so the quick videos on TikTok have really democratized media, but there's a catch. It's owned by a Chinese company, ByteDance. And that makes it a tempting target for the administration. So just a couple of days ago, you had the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, saying we're looking at banning TikTok in the U.S. And then President Trump said we're looking at numerous things. TikTok is one of many. 
Do you think we're going to see increasingly hostile language about TikTok in the future? That is the perfect way to put it. Now, I don't know that they're going to ban TikTok, but something that I do know from my conversations with the administration is they're going to be increasingly confrontational with China. Because what I'm hearing from inside is that they want to bring more symmetry to the relationship. So let's translate that. Google and Facebook are blocked inside China. So you have people in our administration saying, maybe we should be pushing back a little bit more on Beijing. And wow, the effect that would have on all of the people who use TikTok. You're going to be denied dancing Mikey. Okay, Mike, have the best day. Now I have an even better day. Disney World's reopening in Florida this weekend could be a sign of life returning to normal or a desperate attempt to save summer. Either way, the theme park's going to look a little different this Saturday. Guests will enter through these partitions, and then when they are on the ride vehicle, there will be barriers between each row. Prepare for fewer people, face coverings, temperature checks, hand sanitizing stations, and a lot of plexiglass. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, you can tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.